This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday edition of the Round Ball Stew podcast on NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Ryan Knauss, joined with my usual co-host, Jared Johnson. Hello. Our guest this week, Aaron Robinson. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me today. You know, I'm glad to, glad to be on with my, my two favorite guys on uh, NBC Sports Edge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yeah. tell me once said that, though. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Steve, I hope you're listening. No. <laughs> We won. We just won. We just won. <laughs> we are joined by an actual baller in Aaron who plays plays hoops for real. He doesn't just do nice. it in fantasy. So, Aaron, how how has your your playing been going? It's been going all right, man. I was I was bummed because as you guys know, I was supposed to go to Canada right right after Christmas there, but this COVID pandemic stuff, man. Miss Rona is having her way out here in the world, man. So that trip got uh, <laughs> got canceled, man. So. Had a game the other day. We lost in, in Baltimore. Got another game on Saturday. I've been I've been Pennsylvania. So it's been going good though, man. I'm I'm having a lot of fun and definitely enjoying it. But hopefully that Canada trip can uh, re- can get rescheduled or something. We we might go again in late February. I'm hearing. So fingers crossed on that one. Right on. Maybe someday we'll be talking about you and our fantasy teams. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> Jared, why don't you kick us off talking a little bit of Pistons, and then we'll get into a. Pick up of the day from Steve. Sure. Yeah. So yesterday, Cade Cunningham snapped out of his shooting funk. He had been really shooting the ball poorly in his previous two or three games, but he came. He came a lot. He came through with a twenty-nine point five triple explosion and an impressive upset win over the Jazz. The Jazz were missing Rudy Gobert, kind of important, but still, you wouldn't expect this Pistons team to do what they did. <laughs> And yeah, Cade has been a little bit of a streaky shooter this season, but he's coming around more. It's not too much of a problem where, I mean, he he does crush your field goal percentage some weeks, but he can have these really nice stretches like he's going through now. And also the assists are coming up with at least five dimes in eight straight games. And just a little betting note. Kate is currently number three in the rookie of the year odds at plus 650. (laughs) That's a nice little odds right there because we we have Evan Mobley, the favorite, at minus 115. And Scotty Barnes, it looks like, is number two at plus 225. Now, I think the race is pretty much between Mobley and Cade. And right now, I would give it to Mobley. Mobley and Cade? I think so, Yeah. (laughs) No, Scotty. I don't think so, honestly. Wow, got a fade. <laughs> you can, you can, you can put that. But, but I mean, just like number one pick, playing up. I think it's between those two. Like seven fifty odds. That's a bet that I might take. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I know obviously Franz Wagner isn't in the top three right now, but he's kind of been on a, been on a tear a little bit in uh, Orlando as well. So I, I'm interested to see how he's going to kind of finish the season and maybe maybe he can kind of close that gap 
But the way I've seen it kind of all year has been kind of a two-man race between Mobley and Scotty Barnes with the way Cade has been playing. But obviously, you know, with him heating up now and the things that he has around him in Detroit, obviously I think are going to allow him to kind of be able to put up those big numbers, especially with Jeremy Grant being out. He's playing with a bunch of young guys. Obviously, um, my guy Hamu Diallo has been playing a lot well, a lot better uh, uh, lately, um, which has been impressive to see. But he's on a team, you know, with, with a bunch of young guys, you know, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, whereas Scotty Barnes, for example, is playing with Van Vliet and Siakam is, you know, all of a sudden looking like an all-star again. And, you know, obviously Toronto is extremely deep. Whereas Mobley, I, I think, you know, obviously with, with Rubio going down, they're they're pretty deep in the front court, but they need somebody, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, to kind of play make, you know what I'm saying? Especially since uh, they're kind of thin at the guard spot. So, I don't know, I, I love Mobley, Mobley's versatility and, you know, the things that he's going to be able to do now that, you know, Cleveland is in the position that, that, that they're in. I think I think I would if I had to put some money, I would definitely be throwing a house on, on Mobley right now. So you're going with the favorite because point points bets agree. But check you. it out. <laughs> six fifty plus six fifty. That means if you put a hundred bucks on Cade, the number one pick, that's six hundred and fifty dollars. I think the key there is that the you know Cade's numbers are probably going to be there. We're seeing that. You mentioned the dimes are coming up. He's looking more comfortable offensively. I like that he's getting catch and shoot opportunities. He doesn't have to just generate all of his own offense off the dribble. That's been been nice to see recently. Killian Hayes looking for him in particular. But the Pistons have won four of their past six games. That's what it's going to take because they're buried at 14th in the East. Only the Magic are worse with Franz Wagner, as you mentioned, to his fourth points bet rookie of the year odds but it's going to take more wins for Detroit to generate some momentum at least a spark of life to, to somehow overtake Evan Mobley whose individual excellent performance has been coupled by the performance of the Cavs exceeding expectations so yeah a lot going on in the rookie of the year race we'll keep tabs on that as we go along Sadiq Bey also went off in that game for 29 points on Monday he shot 10 of 14 from the field he's currently outside the top 100 on a season-long basis but he's top 50 in the past two weeks, 20.9 points, four triples a game, seven and a half boards, other stats. His field goal percentage is probably going to be a problem because he's so high volume from the arc, but he's better than we saw to begin the year. And I think he's just loving life without Jeremy Grant. And that's a key distinction because Grant, yes, he's out with the mm. thumb surgery. He will be coming back this season, but we just heard again from Shams Trania in The Athletic that Grant remains, I believe the quote was, one of the most sought after players this trade season and any team that gets him is going to want to lock him up for probably four years 112 million this offseason therefore they're going to feature him you know immediately so i think it's you know with a grant trade looming and sadiq bay stepping into a bigger role and looking very comfortable i think it's set up very nicely for bay do you do you agree guys that's a good point with the trade front. Yeah, because it makes a ton of sense mm -hmm. to get Jeremy Grant out of there. He's in his NBA prime. He doesn't need to go through this rebuild. So, right. and he's highly attractive. Like Jeremy Grant can be a very good contributor on a championship team. So, yeah, I mean, that makes a ton of sense to me. It's always, you know, we all, but we have to think about who comes back at the same time. You know, it's not like Jeremy Grant goes and nothing comes back. Uh, unless it's like one of those draft pick ordeals. But still, given the way he's playing right now, yeah, I think that he has a shot of being a very nice player down the stretch. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and you know, 
not to echo too much what you guys are saying, but I think we mentioned like the youth in, in Detroit lately. And obviously, when when they were extremely shorthanded, it was Sadiq Bay, Hamadou mm-hmm. Diallo, and Luca Garza out there running the ship for a, for a few weeks. I mean, Sadiq Bay was looking like a future NBA All Star out there. But I mean, he, he, the thing that I think, I mean, obviously he, he's rebounding uh, right now as well. So he's averaging seven point two boards per game. He had a seventeen rebound game to start the year out earlier, um, which is impressive. Obviously. He's, making uh, three and a half, 3.5 triples per game in the month of January so far. So uh, all of his numbers are, are kind of getting a little spike here. And as long as Jeremy Grant remains out, then it, it's a safe bet that, you know, that that, that, that should continue. Yeah, absolutely. Another really quick note from this game, Hassan Whiteside went off 21 points, 14 boards, three blocks, two steals. That's what we've been waiting to see from him as a fill-in starter with Rudy Gobert on the sidelines. However, this is a short-term pickup potentially. You know, he's probably already rostered for one thing because of the streaming value. If not, pick him up. If Gobert returns, however, on potentially as soon as Wednesday, you know, then you can write Whiteside off completely. He was one of Dr. A's short-term pickups of the day after Monday's games. Steve, for his top pick, zeroed in on his guy, Lance Stevenson. If you listened to the pod last week, you were yes, ready. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, ready, Lance. He just elicits joy from basketball fans who are excited to see him back on the court. Steve writes, Stevenson played 31 minutes, hit 5 of 13 shots, and three three-pointers for 14 points, four boards, and one assist in a loss to the Celtics. I'm playing my guitar right now. He's becoming the <laughs> crowd favorite for a team who, which is talking about blowing things up, and he could end up being a valuable fantasy player for the rest of the season. Uh, and then he goes on to mention Tory Craig, who scored 19 points, but he likes Lance more. Wow. Yes, he may take a hit when Malcolm Brogdon and Chris Duarte are back, but it still looks like Lance is going to get big minutes for the Pacers. That was Dr. A's pickups of the day for Monday's games. You can get them on NBC Sports Edge Plus, along with all of our premium content for every sport, DFS, betting, all in one place for one rate. All right, back to the order of the day. The Bucks, wings and backcourt. We've got Drew Holiday has tested out of protocols, but he's missed two straight games with left ankle soreness. George Hill should return from protocols soon, but he was out on Monday. And the same can be said for Grayson Allen. Jared, why don't you take us from there? What what were we looking at in Monday and going forward? I think we all know the deal when these guys are out. Jordan Noir tends to ball out just as he did last night. 18 points, 7 of 10 shooting, 4 triples, 3 boards, and my favorite part, 2 steals, and also assist. In 29 minutes, look, this guy's a baller. When he gets the minutes, he balls out. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a short-term thing. Once the team gets healthy again, you know, he'll fall off. But it's it, he's a guy that I really enjoy watching play, honestly. Uh, we also saw Dante DiVincenzo come back a week early, a week earlier than expected. Did you want to say anything about that, Ryan? Oh, just that he shot very poorly upon his initial return. He, he was back and shot 0 of 8 from the field. No surprise there. He was 0 of 7 from deep. Obviously, just a ton of rust that he's scraping off, but I wasn't into him anyway. Like Even once he's back up to speed, playing at the level that we saw last year, there's just too much competition for me here. Once Grayson Allen's back on the court, right. you got Pat Connaughton, who also shot, I think, 0 of 6 last night. But he, he's more competition for minutes. So yes. I just don't see a path to fantasy relevance for DiVincenzo in this wing rotation. Any daylight there that you see, Aaron? 
No, I mean, I, I think that there's too many guys that do the same thing. Like Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, yeah. and Grayson Allen all do the exact same thing, essentially. Right. And that log jam there is going to keep any any one of those guys from kind of really separating yep. themselves, even you know when they're all healthy. The one thing that I'll say about Jordan Noir is that, you know, obviously, you know, he, he went absolutely crazy in the summer league. But even then, like, the thing with him is that he he doesn't really do much outside of scoring the basketball, which is why he's kind of hadn't had trouble – Cracking the yeah. regular rotation when all those guys are healthy because I mean he's six eight you know what I'm saying so for a guy that six eight can shoot the ball the way that he does from the only be averaging four rebounds a game obviously and Jared was super excited that he was able to, mm. to get some some steals last night but he doesn't do that on a regular basis but you know with with his length and his size he should be able to impact the game in more ways for them if, if he could find a way to rebound and and defend really because he's not he's not he's not great defensively either I think he he would could, be, could really be a, a good piece for them but. I think that's the thing that, that he needs to kind of do next year going forward to kind of take that next step in his development because obviously he's talented. You know, whenever he gets the minutes, he, he, he's extremely productive. But, you know, if on, on a team with Giannis Tenacupo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they don't, they, don't, they don't need him to go out there and score 20 when those guys are healthy, you know. But if he can find a way to impact the game in other ways, you know, going forward, that, that's going to be his best bet of trying to get more minutes and crack the regular rotation for them. Right. Yeah, that's that's an absolutely great point. I mean, the man is a walking bucket, but keep an eye on his rebound rate, his steals rate. Rest of season, it's going to depend on teammates being out of the lineup in order for him to get enough minutes anyway. But I'd say in the offseason, that's absolutely something to look for. Can he provide supporting sets? If not, maybe he's undrafted again next year. All right, Aaron, I know you wanted to talk about Miles Turner off to a bit of a slow start in January outside of the shop blocking department, at least. So why don't you take us through what you're seeing there? Any cause for concern? We've got some trade rumors, so a lot going on around Miles Turner. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously last night we saw a national football uh, championship game in Indianapolis, but outside of that, there's not much going on in Indiana right now. And I think Miles Turner is kind of growing weary with the situation there and with the Pacers. Obviously, these trade rumors have been swirling for a while, and obviously the latest update from Shams is that obviously the Mavericks and Knicks are expressing interest in trading for Miles Turner. Obviously, the Lakers and Hornets has kind of slipped around with him as well. But in January, he's, he's averaging only nine points per game on 40% shooting. He's shooting three for 16 from beyond the arc uh, with six rebounds, which is extremely uncharacteristic. He is, he is you know, blocking shots he's at 3.4 blocks per game with a steal. So the defensive numbers Yikes. are still there. But he just looks uninterested to me, man. And I think for a guy of his talent, man, you, like I think they need to kind of try to get it a new start for him somewhere else as soon as possible because obviously he, he, he's been vocal about, you know, not being happy about his role throughout the course of the year. It seems like, feels like he, he can be used better elsewhere. And I think it's kind of starting to fester now, you know, mm-hmm. now that we're into the new year with, with the way that he's playing, he just looks uninterested out there to be honest. Yeah. And you know, we haven't, this isn't the first time we've seen trade rumors affect a player. It's a real thing. Think about it. If you're playing for a team and you know that they're shopping you, how much do you really want to go out there and put everything on the line? Put go hard, risk an injury for this team that literally doesn't want you. I mean, it has to affect you. It impacts players. I think that that might be taking a little bit of, of a role of what would be the word? A toll. Toll. <laughs> there you go. Teamwork. Toll on Miles and they're losing. And obviously, losing doesn't help yeah. in anywhere, in any situation when you're when you're losing games and 
they're talking about trading. Yeah. He was like, all right, man, like, get me on the first flight up out of here. And he, yeah, <laughs> earlier this season, he referred to himself as a, quote, glorified role player and said that he feels he's much more than that. Personally, as a fantasy manager, I'd be thrilled to see him land on the Mavericks or the Knicks. Mavericks would be wonderful. You would assume that in a Knicks deal, Mitch Robinson's gone or something like that. So, you know, and if he be, if he's a Tibbs favorite, playing time is not going to be a question. Suddenly, he could be playing thirty five minutes a night. Sounds That's glorious. A Ten to me, block so. potential right there. <laughs> there hey, double. we might see. It wouldn't shock me <laughs> if he played on the Knicks. If he managed a uh, triple double with blocks at some point. But yep. So trade deadline guy to watch there. Potential upside, I would say, going into the trade deadline. And then definitely, Jared. You also, or was it? Aaron, you also want to talk about Darius Garland, perhaps. Yeah, and, and this Darius Garland stuff, I think I think in Cleveland, obviously we know the situation with Ricky Rubio going down, Colin Sexton going down. They, they brought in Rajon Rondo. And obviously, in these last two games, Garland has, has really struggled from the from the floor versus Golden State in that loss on Sunday. Nine points, three of 12 shooting from the floor, two of seven from three. And then last night, or excuse me, Monday night, that was last night, yeah, he had 12 points, five of 13 shooting from the floor, one of six and three point yeah. from the three heads. I think obviously they're still trying to get acclimated with with, with Rajon Rondo, kind of working him in there. But I feel like the thing that that Rubio was really good at was not only could he score for himself, but he could get everybody else shots. And the threat of Rubio kind of being able to score. I mean, we've seen Rubio go out and get thirty multiple times a year, but Rondo just isn't that. You know, so nobody's mm-hmm. nobody's really fearing Rondo's. Right. scoring prowess so that, that's kind of making making it a little tougher no. on Darius Garland to kind of get his off get his stuff off when you're you know obviously I know that the, the scouting reports in the NBA aren't are too extensive in the regular season because nobody plays defense but when a team knows that you're the that you're the only guy that's really creating for everybody else it makes your job harder which is why I, I think a lot of the reasons why we haven't seen James Harden kind of be the, the Harden that we've grown accustomed to because he's kind of trying to get his and he's trying to be trying to facilitate I mean, Brooklyn is, and his role has kind of been been uncertain. I also think he's kind of dealing with with some with some injuries a little bit there as well. But I think Garland, obviously, I don't I don't expect him to, to you know score nine points you know yeah. uh, for the rest of the season or nothing like that. But you know, but he's he's going to get back on his feet. He's going to figure it out. But I do think in some way, shape, or form, obviously, we we seen with that Shams news with Miles Turner that the Cavs were eyeing Karis Levert a little bit as well. And I think that would be something that if they could pull that off, I don't know how they would do it, but they probably have to get, get off some of those big guys in, the, in in their front court. But if they could kind of pull that off, that could make Garland's job a lot easier. Just to have somebody that can create, you know, mm. to help him out there and to kind of just to, just to be a scoring threat. And I, I know obviously Rubio wasn't no care to the vert, but the fact that he was a scoring threat and, and could, could go out there and also create shots for him made Darius Garland's life a lot easier. So, I think we're going to have to see, see, see some adjustment period here as he and Rondo kind of get more acclimated. Mm-hmm. But don't you think at the same time, Darius Garland is supposed to be the franchise point guard. Maybe he needs to learn how to be able to create without as much help. Um, he is a super talented scorer. And he, will. and he also is, he's hurt. His back is bothering him. So that could also be a factor here. Go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say that I'm not too worried about this. I, I do view it as a sort of, you know, you mentioned back injury and then an acclimation period with Rajon Rondo. He's, it's tiny sample. I think they've only shared the court for 26 minutes, a total of 75 possessions, something like that. But Garland hasn't scored in, in those minutes. He's shooting 0% from the field alongside Rajon Rondo. So I, I chalk it up to that. He's just getting used to playing with, you know, 
you, you say, well, they brought in a veteran point guard to lead the bench. But as you pointed out, Aaron, they, these are very different players. So I think Garland's just figuring it out. And to Jared's point, he will. He's so good. We've seen him in a go-to lead guard role. And he's really taken that mantle and run with it. So I'm confident about where he'll go from here personally. We'll see. I mean, I, I think I'm still a little bit sluggish on the <laughs> on the, on the the franchise guard. I, he's really good. And I, I think he's obviously a great young player. But... I don't know if he's the type of guy that you want to be putting the keys to your franchising going forward. When you when you when you compare him to some of the other young guards that you see in the league, i.e. like Lamelo, Javarrett, Trey Young, Luca, like he, he like look at look at the, some of the other young guards around the NBA. Like he, okay, he's okay. even like, Lamelo's in his second year. In the I league, give it. To, I, you know what I give you that. I don't, I don't think he really stacks up with those guys. We're talking about a, a franchise point guard. Yeah. Which we're going to have leading our franchise for the next ten years. I don't I don't know if he's quite on that level yet. Maybe the franchise tag was a little strong there. Okay, all right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll pull back. We'll go to, we'll go tier two, Aaron. You make a good point. You make right, a good cool. point. Cool. We, can, we can go ahead and settle right there. All right. You you mentioned James Harden a minute ago. He was out on Monday with a kind of vague left knee injury, but Steve Nash said the team was being quote overly cautious. This was the second. Why you gotta lie, Steve? Yeah, this was a don't like these sneaky rest days. Second half of a back to back. So as you said, Jared is basically just a rest day but we saw Kyrie Irving play his second game of the season it was a loss at Portland Kyrie had 22 points eight rebounds four dimes three threes a steal and a block he also tweaked his left ankle late but it doesn't seem that serious he should be fine for Wednesday's game in Chicago which he will be eligible to play in so yay (laughs) what what did you guys see there anything you want to highlight from that game from Kyrie's performance or how he impacted the backcourt I think for me the thing that I'm just watching with this is this whole dynamic with Patty Mills like I just Hmm. I I just don't understand the logic obviously we know how talented Kyrie Irving is but you, 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 you just read off all his stats and they lost the game like to Portland to a Portland team without Dame without CJ like that mm-hmm. is a game that they should not. There's no excuse for them to be losing. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, mm-hmm. you see, you saw Patty Mills like in the two games that Kyrie has played. Last night, obviously, one for five shooting, he did have five assists, he scored three points. And then the first game, Kyrie's debut was in was Indiana, six points, five assists, two for six shooting. Like he, he didn't get in the minutes. He's playing. He's still playing thirty minutes a game. But when Kyrie's on the court, like Patty Mills essentially goes to like he's, he's coming off the bench, obviously. And then he's like a catch and shoot guy that, that's gonna you know be. Getting, getting you some assists, but and then when Kyrie is not playing, you're asking him to essentially be your second or third scorer. Like after you got, got KD and Harden, but that's right. that's not something that's not good. They're not going to be able to build any consistency going mm-hmm. forward with that. Like you're gonna you're losing games yes. to Portland. Like there's no way that should happen. Yes. Which is why I don't understand. Like obviously, like like I said, he's talented. You want you want him to be able to be on the court more or not. But if you want to, if if you're trying to build chemistry, like I just don't understand how this is going to work. And obviously, it's it's kind of murdering yes. Patty Mills's you know fancy mm. value here because he's been he's he's been it, it, he can't get in the rhythm. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just don't get the logic here, and I don't know how they're going to kind of solve this going forward. But selfishly, I will say I'm supposed to be going to the Nets Wizards game next Wednesday. So I hope they all play. I hope Kyrie's there, Harden's there, <laughs> KD. I, I hope they're all there. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll throw that in there. But I, I really don't get the logic between behind this, and it's kind of it's baffling to me, honestly. You sure you want to see well, that full team yeah. against your team, though? <laughs> listen, man. Listen, I've never seen Kevin Durant or Harden. 
Uh, or Kyrie. I, no, I've seen Kyrie in person. I haven't seen Kevin Durant or Kevin or Howard in person. So I want to see them in person. <laughs> and, you know, it, I think, you know, I hope didn't when he plays, you know, saying go, go, go against his old team, you know, it'd be fun. Even if we lose, you know, I'll be a team player to see all those guys on the court at the same time. It's a road right. game and it's not a not a back to back, Aaron. So I, I think you're in good shape to see the, the full healthy Nets roster out there. I think you touched on Let's a really go. important point about the chemistry, though, because it's just it's so insane what they're doing. Like they said that they were going to bring Kyrie back because of like the COVID stuff. And literally by the time he was able to play, most of their guys were out of protocols. So it's like, and you're just asking this team to completely adjust to a superstar every couple games. How do you do that? And then take that into the postseason where he's not even playing in home games. Anyways, ridiculous. And God forbid they play the Warriors and he can't even play in the finals, which would be an absolute disaster. Oh, my <laughs> like, Lord. I don't want to see that. Just, I do not want to see that. It's a good point, though. I think you like, had something to say yeah. about. Well, you, you guys talk about chemistry. And, the, I mean, it's a great point because if Kyrie is coming in and out of the lineup and we saw how there were reports that – Kawhi being handled with kid gloves rankled teammates in past years and things like you know the the superstar treatment well now you've got players who are who are there full time who maybe they didn't want to get vaccinated but they did it because they had to to perform their job whatever it might be but and the nets came out and said we won't capitulate to Kyrie well now they have and he he's allowed to pick and choose which games he plays in essentially by only playing in the games that he's eligible for by being unvaccinated so right how does that how does that not sit you know unwell with his teammates i'm not sure but we'll see how that plays out and as i've said before i'm truly fascinated to see how this works in the playoffs that's honestly the most baffling thing to me ryan is that like how has kevin durant not choked this dude out like yeah. Yeah. like bro <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> if you if, if this was like michael jordan or something like i can't even imagine if, if pippen said yeah right I, i'll be there for role jordan would have choked him out on the basketball court like i don't understand how this is like that's basically what shaq said like how like what are you doing bro like are you gonna play or you're not bro like don't don't we're not about to do this Half in, yeah. half out. Like, it's unbelievable to see how Kevin Durant has kind of been handling this whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to support yeah. him. Like, right. What? <laughs> he said, he explicitly said the other day, I'm not going to force Kyrie to do anything. It's like, all right, well, he's not showing up to work. You just yeah. missed the whole year with your Achilles. Like, you, you're wasting your prime of your career dealing with this dude. Like, I believe that there's a very talented guard on Brooklyn's bench who is showing up to work. And I think that uh, that's someone that Aaron wanted to touch on. Oh yeah, yes, Cam Thomas, the the love him, the, the former LSU Tiger man. I mean, this guy here is obviously last night filled it up off the bench, twenty one points on eight of twelve shooting, four triples, three boards, three steals, and twenty six minutes off the bench. I mean, you know, obviously they were without Harden last night, but this dude is, is a professional scorer. Like he, he showed it at LSU, he showed it in, in the in the summer league, and when he's gotten a chance this year and he's played big minutes, mm-hmm. he's been able to score like. And I think he's somebody that, that, you know, should get some more minutes here in Brooklyn because, like you mentioned, he's everyday guys. Like, when he gets the minutes, he's showing the ability to be an electric scorer. He's a confident kid. We've seen him kind of going back and forth with Kevin Durant about the one-on-one mm-hmm. stuff and everything. And <laughs> those, those are the type of guys that, that, that you need on the court with you, man. And I think he's, he's somebody that, you know, if he can get some extended playing time, obviously we, we, we think this yeah. hard stuff is going to end up being, you know, a one-game little, you know, rest day. But – He's somebody that, that that should be getting some extra minutes for them because he's shown the ability to, to produce in, 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 in multiple spots this year. 
Yeah. I, I think right now, probably more of a DFS guy that you look to stream, you know, potentially yeah. on those nights when the, the minutes are coming. But you said it. I mean, he scored double digit points in three straight games. He's got three point range. He can hit free throws when he gets there. He's a decent rebounder. He has, he's averaging two steals per game over his past three. So there's absolute value here. And he'll be a popular draft guy going into next year's fantasy draft. So I mark those words. And Cam Thomas, Cam Thomas was a. Uh projected to be That's close right. to a lottery Injuries pick so he fell game. on draft day he fell all the way to brooklyn and it looks like they yep. got a jump moving on to the other side of the floor in that game i'm gonna steal ryan's thunder by hyping up nasir little a little bit he had he got off to a little bit of a slow start offensively but he finished fine i think he had like 13 points a full stat line really where his value comes is the defensive end and no shortage of that. He had this spectacular block on Kyrie Irving, picked him up from the perimeter. Kyrie tried to shake and bake him, didn't get him, and just absolutely stuffed him when Kyrie pulled up. It was an incredible little bit of defense to watch there. And this is a man who is rostered in just 15% of Yahoo leagues. That is far too little. For a guy that's playing as well as he has been. But well done with the pun there, Jared. Yes, he, he should. I mean, he, he's a guy <laughs> I've been trying to tout, and yet, right, roster rate is low. And the people who haven't picked him up probably feel pretty good about it right now because his offense is just not there. But the shot blocking surely is, as you said, defensive specialist at worst. I'm still into picking him up. The Blazers are going nowhere fast. They're a team that looks like they're going to blow things up potentially. I mean, Nas Little is already playing harder than basically anyone else on the port, maybe except for Simons for for the Blazers. He's going to get minutes the rest of the way. I think he's mm-hmm. good enough to convert that into fantasy value. As I said, the offense needs to catch up. The percentages are brutal right now for ACAT, non-cat. But uh, Aaron, are you seeing what we're seeing? Do you, do you like the overall profile and the rest of the season outlook from Nas Little? No, I do. And I think I'm, I, I don't want, I don't want to overreact here, but I don't, I would not be surprised if, if Lillard shuts this thing down soon here. Like, obviously, this, this abdominal stuff has yeah. been going on for, you know, almost a year at this point. He was dealing with it last year. He was dealing with it over the offseason, probably even more than a year at this point. Yeah, Longer yeah. even. It's three three years yeah, at this point, he's been I dealing with injury. So, like you said, they're, they're, they're going nowhere fast. Obviously, CJ got a puncture lung. They're just like – I would not be surprised if, if Lillard and McCollum both kind of shut it down. But especially Dame with, with you know, his, his mindset around the franchise – um, in recent months, in recent seasons, honestly, I think he's eventually just going to come to a point where they just chalk it up. And I think that Nazir Little could be a guy that benefits. And obviously, he's not a guy that, that has been consistently scoring the ball. When you're playing with two guys as high volume as Dame and CJ, you know, it, you're not going to get those looks on a, on a night, night, night in, night out basis. But he's, he's told the total flashes, like, obviously, he had a 22.9 rebound game to start the year this year. He scored, obviously, 18 and 6. He's, a few weeks before that he's had 20 point games you know in flashes this season so he's shown the ability to do it in moments mm-hmm. but i think as he gets more comfortable as he gets more minutes then i think he's a guy that can can even you know get you some value in the offensive end as well coupled with you know his defense i, I think he is capable um but he has to get get that confidence and get those reps in in the game that's a great point is a player expanding into a role that he's never had before and yep. it's just going to be some growing pains you know shots aren't going to fall every night um And Dame, you know, uh, what you said, I think, rings true. We heard Steve say almost the same thing on yesterday's pod. There's a growing sort of sentiment that this is a shutdown. So if you hope to extract 
value for Dame, try to get those trades in now before this reevaluation comes out. Or if you're going to get nothing in return, you might as well just hold them, see where it goes. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. All right, moving on. If you haven't already, you should download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's completely free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Nets and Bulls, Cavs and Jazz, and Lakers and Kings. So if you have not already downloaded the Predictor app, do so now wherever you get apps. We're talking Kings guards. Jared, I'll throw this one to you. You were uh, a little bit of a Tyrese Halliburton skeptic early in the season, at least for uh, for brief brief glimpses. But you, you you're a believer now. You've been converted. I'm a, I'm a full believer. I am on that right. Tyrese Halliburton train at this point. <laughs> um, he had a another solid game last night. Twenty one points, eight dimes. My favorite part again: three steals and a block. Also two triples and two boards. You know, Tyrese, the, the scoring was coming and going earlier in the year. Been pretty consistent as of late. And he is always consistent with the most important stats, the dimes and the steals. But what I love most about what he's been doing lately is he's doing this alongside De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. It really feels like he's finally finding his role in this team, where to pick his spots on the offense. And he's just so talented that he's going to be valuable basically no matter what. I was concerned with the massive amount of guards on this team. I think they're all guards except for Richon Holmes. Um, But look, he's doing it. He's doing it. So I'm going to give this man his credit. I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> oh, we're not we're not fishing for that. Aaron, are you is there a higher ceiling here on, on Tyrese Halliburton? Is is he playing at max potential? I mean, we saw him averaging a double digit dimes down the stretch in December. Like what what can't he do, I guess? Listen, I, I, I'm with, I was with you, Jared, because I was a Tyrese Halliburton skeptic ever since the draft. Honestly, like I was you first for Stephen A. saying he wanted Halliburton <laughs> to go to the Knicks, and I didn't see it, but he <laughs> he he has proved me wrong as well. So I, I'm I'm with you on that one, but. I think Halliburton is a guy that has played himself into a position where, you know, obviously they have a plethora of guards there with, with Halliburton. They drafted Davion Mitchell. Obviously, De'Aaron Fox is still there. But obviously, with that situation in L.A., we saw them 
you know, try to ship Buddy Heald off. I think even De'Aaron Fox might be a guy that you look to trade now because of Halliburton's emergence, you know. And I don't know, obviously, I'm, I'm no old, you know, like Divac or, you know, no GM here. But with, with Halliburton playing the way that he is, I think he's a guy that you can look to to kind of be that point guard of the future. And because of the way that he can pass the ball and the way that he can shoot in the month of January, shoot him 50, 50% from the three-point line, like – I think he's, he's only he's only getting better uh, as a shooter um, with time, man. And I love the upside on him because he can shoot, because he can pass, and because he, he's somebody that can get you some steals mm-hmm. on, on the defensive side as well. So I think if the Kings ever do move on from De'Aaron Fox, because obviously I think he's probably the most tradable piece because of his his what he what he's done in the league so far. If they were able to get some value for him, man, and and you get. I got like Halliburton to, to to you give him the reins at, at point guard in Sacramento. I think he's somebody who could be very special going forward yeah you wonder if that oh go for it jack a question 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 aaron would you rather have darius garland lead your franchise or tyrese halliburton because of who i got around me i think halliburton's a better passer so i think if i got mm-hmm. a bunch of shooters around me then i would definitely rather mm-hmm. have halliburton because he's he gonna get those guys open shots and easy shots and he's gonna defend but if I'm a if I'm a team where I, I need more you know scoring and a guy that can go out there and give me 20 25, then I would probably get go with Darius Garland. So I think me personally, if I'm, if I'm on a contender, if I'm on a contending team that we want to win, I think I would probably take Halliburton just because of the fact that you're probably going to have some wings in there that are going to go out there and get you 30. So I don't need Darius Garland to come in. If if, the, if you if you need Darius Garland to come out there and get you 25, 30, you're probably not a contender anyway. So <laughs> in, in that aspect, I'm, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna, I would probably go with Halliburton just because of his ability to play make for others. I would too, personally. Just in a vacuum, as you said, there's some you know roster construction nuance there, but just in a vacuum, I'd, I'd take Halley as well. And you wonder if his extremely solid play and his playmaking lead guard potential and all that is starting to loosen even slightly the adhesive on the won't trade De'Aaron Fox label that the Kings have slapped on him. I definitely think it is. Yeah. I definitely think it is. Especially once when uh when in that stretch where Fox was out of the lineup and Halliburton was going crazy right. and it wasn't like and he was yeah. yeah, it's like whoa, okay. Yeah. So this would we, we, we could see if, if he was our if he's our lead, our lead guard. Like I I think in the offseason, you'll you'll definitely hear a lot of conversations about about De'Aaron Fox potentially because of the play of Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, and of course, the Kings have waiting in the wings Davion Offnight Mitchell. Yeah. They are a tank waiting to happen. Mitchell's production doesn't exactly look like it would scale up to fantasy relevance, at least not this season. Per 36, he's only at 13 points on 38% shooting, 1.7 triples, three boards, but he is at five dimes and a steal per game. So basically, you're looking at Devontae Graham. But again, that's it's a small size he's 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 learning Ouch. to play the game Ouch. statistically <laughs> yeah, triples. Triples. but he, he's better than that he'll be better than that long term obviously my point is just there's another player that they could insert to that backcourt to make up some of that gap and improve defensively in the same breath so a lot going on in that backcourt buddy healed's been showing a little bit lately he had 19 points last night with three boards three dimes he has two steals in three consecutive games Personally, I don't really see a lot of upside. I'm I'm just so off him. He's a streaky shooter, relies so heavily on three-pointers for fantasy value, which you can find on the waiver wire in droves typically. So especially with the chaos and the Kings roster construction, I'm not really into healed. We're running out of time, so I'll end on that note. But does anyone, any takes on healed, you guys higher on him than, than what I just said, Jared? I feel like I'm higher on him. I mean, he's touched top 40 before. I see what you're saying. I mean, it's very limited and he does need to get that efficiency up. So 
I guess I'm not going to push back as strongly. I thought I didn't quite realize he was shooting 39.1%. <laughs> but a majority of his shots are from three. It's actually not that bad of a percentage. But in the month of January, right. he's shooting better from three, 45.5% than he is from the floor, 42.5%. Hey, man. I love those guys. It's <laughs> not that bad, honestly. <laughs> yeah. The fewer dribbles Buddy Heald has on his shots, the better. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Aaron, it was a pleasure. We will we will certainly have you back on the pod. This was fun. Garrett, thanks as usual. And guys, we'll catch you soon. Thanks for coming on. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.